Stefan gets away at the 30. It's a foot race to the 50. Chasing him from behind. It looks like they're going to catch him at the 30 and drag that out of bounds around the 20-yard line in Illinois territory. Hey, Trojan fans. It's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. This week, our podcast is sponsored by sctickets.com. Need tickets to see the Trojans? Then check out sctickets.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. All right, everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Peristyle Podcast. It's our weekly internet radio show lasts about an hour talking about all things trojans obviously focus, focusing on usc football and uh, our first segment as always we're joined by the coach harvey hyde coach happy wednesday well thank you very much ryan it's always great to uh, huddle up and buckle up and step in the huddle with you and talk trojan football yeah we're gonna talk some uh, summer workouts and get uh, your experience of when you were coaching what summer workouts meant to you and uh, what do you think about them today First, let's take a care of a little business, and I uh, wanted to thank our sponsor again, Southern California Tickets. You can go and see them at sctickets.com or call 1-800-888-7287 if you need concert tickets or sporting events, theater. I know the uh, Lakers finals games are coming up. If you need tickets for that, just uh, give Curtis a call over there at Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com. He'll take care of you. You'll be wearing the national championship ring if you deal with Southern California Ticket Services. Ah, very good. And I actually talked to him this week, Coach, and uh, about that. I know we mentioned this on the podcast before about going to see Wicked with my girlfriend. So he said he'll uh, he'll be looking at the tickets for that. So we just got to pick a day, and so we'll be going to that and use that. He also mentioned uh, you went to that concert. What was it Billy Joel concert you went to? Elton John. Elton John. Elton John. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to Share. I'm going to go to Share if I can. Real? Oh wow. Okay. There's a, you're not going to go see Iron Maiden? I think they're coming around now. No, no, no. I'll go see Green Day and some of the other guys <laughs> like that. I'm a, I'm a little upbeat. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. That's cool. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, this week just to kind of recap everybody. If you haven't been to uscfootball.com and seen what we've been talking about this week. Uh, Dan uh, Weike, my new beat writer, and myself have been down the last couple of days to the first days of uh, USC summer workouts. So this is Coach Carlisle's strength and conditioning program that he does you know, starting in June. Uh, this will run all the way up until fall camp begins. And what they end up doing, Coach, and uh, just you can kind of talk about your experience with this as well, is they have uh, three different sessions every day, 7, 10, and 1, uh, sometimes that changes, but it's basically to accommodate all the different players. Um, if they have scheduled, you know, if they have an early morning class, they can go to a later workout. If they have later classes, they can go to an earlier workout. And what Coach Carl ends up doing, and he switches this up every day, they go on the field for, you know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour. They do a lot of uh, speed drills, agility drills, plyometric, like jumping type of drills. Um, they do core workouts. Uh, sometimes they'll do timed runs so they can kind of track their progress and they got some new spark equipment uh, that they're timing. There's laser timing that they're timing these guys doing uh, 10 yard runs and 20 yard runs. And they, they so they can time these guys running really quickly, uh, write them down, and then they can kind of track them throughout the summer. Then they go into the weight room for a little while. They'll, they'll work on whatever body parts uh, are on the schedule for that day. And then they'll come back out to the field and do some runs, either some 40s or some 
some one tens and they'll do that four days a week. Uh, and you know, obviously that's the, uh, summer workouts that they're doing. It's trying, you know, trying to get them into football shape. So when fall camp starts, they're just ready to roll. Uh, so that's what kind of what they start off this week. We were down there a couple days. We did some interviews. I took a bunch of photos and uh, we, we put those up on uscfootball.com. So if you're interested, check that out. Uh, I just wanted to see coach. I mean, it's, it's really interesting every day. It seems like coach Carlo has different drills. He splits the, the guys up into different groups and they, they go through these different drills. Maybe it's jumping, maybe it's uh, footwork, you know, working their core, like I said, with different weights and things like that. Uh, and then they obviously do some running at the end. I think they taper off the running as they get closer to fall camp because it's not really something we talked about this, I believe, last week. That's not something they normally do in practices, especially the football practices. But what what have you, I don't know if you've seen some of their summer workouts, coaches, but what were yours like and how would you compare them to what the USC is doing now? Well, you know, there's uh, a lot of uh, theories and a lot of changes that have happened uh, during summer workouts. And I tell you, summer workouts, basically, so you know, it's a chance to improve yourself. I always used to say, guys, this is the period of time you have a chance to improve yourself and prepare yourself and uh, try to put yourself in a position to prevent injuries. And that means by being in shape. That means by getting your muscles used to running and lifting and jogging and making uh, shortcuts and doing the things that your muscles are going to be adjusted to when we go to fall camp. People who do not exercise or people who do not get ready for fall camp normally are the athletes that you see that come in overweight, the athletes that come in that pull muscles, that get hurt, and so on. So it's a organized uh, practice with different muscle groups and different days of the weeks that help you improve yourself. If you don't improve yourself during the off-season, you're not going to be a better football player when the season comes. That includes the entire off-season, which is normally about eight months. Summer months, of course, are prepare you for the season. The only difference is when the football season gets here, you put your pads on and you get ready to go. Now, the number one thing that I know Coach Carlisle and everyone is concerned with, and coach, the coaches, the players, is someone doesn't pull a muscle or tear a knee up or twist an ankle or have something happen during this drill, these drills. So you have to be very careful that you don't tear a bicep in the weight room or pull a hamstring or do something that causes you to miss part of the football uh, season or part of the football camp. So you've got to get involved. Like you mentioned, this week was the first week of the summer workouts. You can't miss a day. You can't miss a week. Because when you come back, you're behind. You try to catch up. You pull a muscle. Your muscles aren't ready for it. And all of a sudden, you find yourself with this injury hindering you the entire season. We've seen it with athlete after athlete after athlete. And here it is, a kid who's ready to play, and you're expecting him to play, gets injured in the weight room or gets injured on the field, working out and so on. So you've got to be very careful. And you also have to be very careful with a lot of the passing drills. Now, of course, this is done with just the players themselves. But you've got to be careful that, they're, that players don't defend too closely, that they're not hitting each other in any way, that when they make their cuts that they're very careful. Because you can't have a person get hurt on volunteer drills out there. And it happens. It happens every year. I had one of my top receivers uh, in a pickup basketball game, Terrace Achilles tendon, and missed the entire season. In fact, never played football again. And, and, and that's just in a pickup game. So you've got to be really careful on how these players ease into these workouts, but yet they're so important as far as getting yourself ready for the coming season. Because when the season comes, 
there's really no time to get in shape. You've got to get ready, and by the way, they announced the time for the Virginia game, Brian. I think you saw that the Virginia game is going to be a national televised game at 12.30 on ABC, August the 30th. So, you know, you don't have time. You've got to get ready. You've got to be in shape. You've got to be able to learn the football portion of your camp and not be worrying about the conditioning. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Coach. And it, it's a delicate balance, and I think Coach Carlisle's talked about this uh, several times, trying to get the guys – in as best shape as possible without pushing them to the limit where they're getting hurt in a time where there's no competition going on right now. I mean, they're competing for spots when practices start, but right now it's kind of a whole team thing where they're all together trying to get, you know, everyone trying to get in the best football shape possible. And he, he, I've talked, I usually talk to him after the workout, after we're down there, he's a really nice guy. He's he'll answer all kinds of questions and he's really open about how his program works. And, some, I mean, a lot of the uh, the fitness stuff he says is kind of over my head, but he'll he'll you know even like yesterday he was talking that you know hey we're doing squats and they were doing a lot of lower bo- body workouts in the weight room. So he said when we came back up here we're doing the kind of uh, instead of doing the the sprint stuff like the forties we're going to run one tens and there's always seems to be a method to why they're doing certain workouts and it, it's funny he's able to just. You know, if you point to a guy, he'll tell you like what kind of reps he's doing and what kind of workout program he's on. You know, they have like a hundred football players, and he seems to know in his head how each one of them, you know, needs to be developing and and what each of them are working on. It's amazing to me just to see how on top of all of this he is. Well, he has to be. That's his job. I mean, every single athlete is evaluated and tested with the strong points, the weakest points, the back work, uh, hamstrings. Remember, the biggest muscle in your body is your gluteus maximus and your legs and so on, and you use your legs more in football than any other part of your body. So it's important that you do that, and if you're doing heavy squat lifting, you certainly don't want to go out there when you've got all your blood in that area and then try to sprint because you're going to tie up because your muscles have been used to uh, do power type of lifting. So you do more striders to to more or less uh, you know relax your muscles and, and get some uh, – uh, cardiovascular work in and that. So he's the best. Uh, he's the best at what he does. He knows what he's doing. Every single athlete is trained differently. Today it used to be all this, or the, in the past it used to be all the same. Everybody does the same. That's not true today. Everybody has strengths and everybody has weaknesses. Everybody today, uh, when you look at uh, the, the the little things of football, like Today, when I when I coached, it was one of the first period of times where we had every player's eyes checked on the team. We never we never could, would think of we never would think of maybe a kid is dropping a punt or maybe a kid is dropping a pass because he has poor eyesight and he's never had his eyes checked before. No one's ever checked his eyes, and we find out that the kid can't see the ball until the, the last minute, and that's why he's dropping passes. Well, it sounds so, a lot like a major league coach. What was it? Uh, I think it was Charlie Charlie Sheen's character, the uh, the pitcher. He was like very – they called him Wild Thing, and then they got him glasses, and they looked kind of funny, but then he started pitching a lot better. It, it's probably very similar to that. It really is, and there's all different other tests that you give kids a day to make sure that you're not missing anything so this this, this young athlete can perform at the limit you expect him to perform at. So, yeah, the conditioning part of it is really important. Coach Carlisle does a great job at doing that. When they report for camp the first week of August, they don't have time for that. It's time then to prepare, do the X and O's, and get ready for a team that probably is playing its biggest game of the year as far as they're looking at and season tickets are looking at 
the University of Virginia when the Trojans go down there. Yeah, and that, and one of the other things you mentioned, Coach, I wanted to touch on and probably get some comparisons to what it was like when you were coaching versus now. You mentioned the offseason, like an eight-month offseason. I, I mean, that's from the fans' point of view, there's eight months between the time you get to see them on TV playing a, a real opponent. Um, you know, you get, you get the bowl season and all that. But for the players, there's really it doesn't seem like there's any off season. I mean, we're covering them year round, and we we talked to Chris O'Dowd a little bit yesterday after we got out of the weight room. And you know, they get you know when finals come around, they get a week or so off. There there wasn't any organized workouts like for the latter part of May. Uh, a lot of players still worked out on their own, but until Monday is when the workouts kind of started again. There's those winter workouts between you know the end of uh, bowl season and spring football. There just doesn't for these players, and I don't know if if all the fans realize it. I mean, they're working and they're working hard. Like you, you watch the guys working out in these summer workouts. I mean, it looks like you're in some kind of regular practice in the middle of the season. They're they're sweating. They're they're really tired. They're and they're doing this every day. It's amazing to me that these guys, you know, try to keep up a full student, uh, you know, course load, and also work out the way they do, pretty much 365 days a year. It's amazing. You're exactly right, and they're required to go to summer school, and the reason they're going to summer school, they must maintain academic standards and progress towards graduation, something that's new, too, and also there's a lot of labs that are offered during the year that these kids can't take because they're in the afternoon and they have to go to practice, so they take all this work during the summer. So they're going to school 12 months a year, they're playing football 12 months a year, uh, they can't really work on summer jobs anymore. There's a limit of how much money you can make with summer employment. In the old days, the kids used to, you know, be able to get a summer job and work with boosters and make some money. So they had some cash. So when they went to school, they'd have some extra money to take a girl on a date. Well, they don't have that opportunity now. They don't have time to do that anymore. Everything is required as far as the academic side to, uh, to sustain a certain standard of academics and on the football side, of course, that's very demanding, too. So there's been a lot of change in that. And if you notice, too, there's been a lot of changes. And I want you to watch this, Brian, when you go out and you watch the workouts. When you used to watch college workouts as far as conditioning and so on and agility drills, you used to see a lot of drills on the ground. You used to see a lot of up-downs. Players would hit their chest, get back up, hit the chest, get back up. They used to have the three roll-in, roll-outs, or roll over the bags and, and do all these coordination jobs. If you notice, football is played off the ground. If you've been knocked down, that's a spot you don't want to be. So if you watch today all the drills that are being performed, they're all off the ground. They're all running over bags or crossovers over the bags or lateral movements over the bags or jig-jags over the bags or anything like that or pursuit angles. You don't see football players doing any type of conditioning on the ground anymore. The only thing you see on the ground is stretching. After stretching, you don't see a football player ever on the ground at any drill. Yeah, you don't really. And uh, watching most of the drills out there, some of the core stuff they do, if they're, you know, they'll be uh, on their back kind of trying to keep, you know, for the, their midsection, they might have a weight over their head and they're, they're lifting legs up in the air. They might do a little of that. A lot of it, though, every time they're on the ground, it seems some kind of stretching. They got bands around their ankles and moving their legs up in the air. But you're right. Anytime, you know, there's so much movement with their feet. There's, there's bags. There's ladders where they're kind of moving their feet quickly in and out. 
Coach Carlisle does a lot of uh, different kind of runs where they're like, you know, he's really specific about push off on this foot and take, you know, these kind of strides. They were doing stuff up on their tippy toes, which was really kind of interesting. And you got the players laughing, uh, walking on the outsides of their feet or the insides of their feet. So he had a, a really kind of interesting program. And most of it's, you know, with their feet moving through different, you know, kind of cones, like you said, or or bags or uh, or ladders, things like that. So it's really interesting. And yeah, there's just not much work on the ground like you would see, you know, years ago. Do you remember years ago when people used to say, I'm going to the beach to run on the beach, to run in the sand to get my legs in shape? Do you yeah, remember that? Sure, certainly. And uh, that used to be something that uh, we used to do. Uh, uh, run in the sand and, and do a lot of exercises in the sand because it makes it more difficult for you to uh, be quick and it's harder to run in the sand. But uh, you don't see that as much because you really don't have the opportunities to get your team to the beach or to do it as, a, as an organized drill. But in the past, when you used to train as individuals, there used to be days that a group of the teams would go, members would go to the beach and actually run in the sand because it used to really condition your legs. Yeah, I play a lot of beach volleyball and it really helps, you know, your legs when you're moving in the sand. It's so much different trying to play on a solid surface as opposed to sand, especially the the beaches down here in the South Bay. You got really thick, deep sand. Uh, there's some sand dunes I know some of the players go to in Manhattan Beach. It's like a really tall hill that's just full all sand. And uh, a lot of people go there running up and down it and it's really difficult just going up a couple times it's a lot it's pretty hard and even some of the professional athletes will come back to manhattan beach if they used to live there they'll run those sand dunes uh and do that a little bit uh, P uh coach carlisle had mentioned this to me before he said a lot of the different facilities for some of the major programs football programs out there they have sand pits where they can actually do that on campus where you don't have to go to the beach i mean obviously usc's somewhat close to the beach, 20 miles or 15 miles away from the beach. So you can actually get there if you needed to. Uh, and this comes back to the, the, the facilities at USC, not, you know, coach Carlo does an amazing job and I don't know if there's a, a, you know, anyone has worse facilities than they do in the top 25. And, uh, one of the things that he really wanted was a sand pit that you get guys running in. Right. You, you, they don't have the land to do it. You know, you'd want, you'd want to, you want to make a great sand when nobody gets hurt and, and so on, and you've got to have it, you know, what, 100 yards long at least. And uh, they just don't have the land to be able to do that there. But uh, I, I agree with you. There are a lot of universities that do have not only sand strips for running, but they also have sand courts for volleyball. And uh, But uh, at USC, with its limitation on property and so on, they don't have that availability to do that. But I'll tell you, with the great competition they have there, uh, that makes the difference as far as these players understanding that if my uh, uh, my my position uh, uh, opponent is is working out and I'm not, I'm just a day behind them. And uh, obviously, everyone knows that the person you're playing is working out, so you've got to outwork them. So the whole university system now is everyone is doing the same thing. And it comes down to recruiting the great athletes and then utilizing their abilities and improving their abilities that you forecast them to be into the type of athlete that can be, uh, as a team, uh, give you that individual effort that can win on Saturday. Yeah, and it, it, I didn't want to, I'm, I'm not knocking Coach Carlisle at all when he said that. And he's, you know, if you, I went into his office the other day, it is literally, I mean, you can reach your arms out and touch both walls. What he does with the, facilities he has is amazing and uh, i mean he, he's he's an award-winning strength coach so you know 
that you know it can be done. You don't need all this high tech stuff to get these guys in the best shape. Could he do it a little bit better? Yeah, he's told me that. He's like, yeah, if, if we had better facilities, we could do it. And there's there's plans in the works to get that done. I think someone, uh, the people talk, it kind of got into the media last, maybe it was earlier this year or late last year that they were going to get new facilities. I think that was a little premature. There are definitely some plans in place, but there, I don't think all the funding is there. Uh, but that's something they definitely want to do. It was kind of a catch-22 for Coach Carlisle because when Pete Carroll got there and uh, USC was getting better, you know, they, it was kind of like the university saying things like, well, you know, if we win some Pac-10 championships then we can improve the facilities. And then it's like, well, if we win a national title, then we can improve the facilities. And then you do. And you're like, well, we already won it without improving the facilities. So obviously we don't need it. So it's, it's kind of a weird, you know, thing there. And Coach Kyle is such a great guy and he's got a great staff. I really hope for his sake, you know, and for the players' sake that they get that done. You know, they're able to get there and uh, get the funding and the plans in place. And I uh, get a really nice facility for, for him and his staff. They'll get it, and uh, they'll need to get it because one thing that happens throughout the country, they developed uh, facilities on every campus at Oregon, Oregon State now, and all over the country, where when a student athlete visits these universities, they see these facilities and they say, wow, they even got like movie studios and video game uh, uh, parts of their weight uh, facilities and academic facilities. But I'll tell you one thing, you can have all of those type of uh, things you want, but it comes down to tradition, football, winning, and the Coliseum and the history of a university. And that's why student-athletes, when you're the best and you're offered, come to USC to get better and be a part of that tradition. You can build all the things in the world, but unless you have the proper athlete with the proper tradition and the proper coaching, the things that go along with it doesn't make any difference. Remember, the football field is the same size in every stadium. doesn't make any difference how many people sit around that stadium. There's only 11 people that you can put on the field at each individual time. And at USC, yes, uh, maybe they don't have the same facilities as someone else has, but they have the tradition and they have all the other things that go along with it. They call it the family that makes up the difference of all of that. Yeah, it's amazing the the job that Pete Carroll has done recruiting. And I don't know if he could have done better. I mean, there's a, guy, a kid or two here or there, obviously, that you would like to get. But And and that's with subpar facilities, with facilities that aren't as good as most of the other schools he's recruiting against. I mean, you're at Oregon, and I think they have, like, PlayStations in their lockers and things like that. Obviously, it's not that important because it doesn't seem like he's really lost out on any kids because, oh, you know, I'd really like a fancier, shinier weight room. Um, so it's, it's it's amazing what he's done. And I can't even imagine when they get a really nice facility there for, for weights and stuff, what it would do to recruiting because it would it can only get better at that point. And, you know, that's true, Ryan. Uh, you always look for better facilities. That's part of your goals with the university as you do for libraries and everything else. But you got to remember, a football field is the same size no matter where it is on any university campus. Or you can put a football field on the moon and it's the same size. The most <laughs> you can put on that football field is what? 11 players. And if those 11 players have the pride, they're not more concerned about how many people are sitting in the stadiums or who's in preferred seating or what's in the locker room at that moment or what they had to do. All they're concerned about obtaining their goal on that Saturday. And at USC, as far as the football tradition and everything that's there, they will still continue to dominate and play 
with Pete Carroll's philosophy, and that is come and play with us or play against us and get beat. Yeah, that, it's a good point, Coach. And uh, one last thing before we go, before we run out of time in this segment, uh, you mentioned this earlier uh, in the podcast about passing drills. Uh, what the, you know, I just wanted to see what kind of what you guys used to do as coaches and what they do now. Uh, if, if fans are familiar, what they can do is there's not, you're not allowed to practice with coaches and players and have footballs on the field until fall camp starts. You get 15 practices in the spring. And then I think three or four weeks before the first game, you can start fall camp and they can do two a days. And there's rules about when you can do pads and when you can't things like that. They have to do like three days of no pads to start. And then they can, you know, do two a day practices and, and pads on half of those uh, so there's all kinds of NCAA rules for that. But what the players do in the meantime is sometime in the summer, and they, they actually did this a little bit in the winter, and uh, we go out there and cover it. We we actually film it, and you can see it on uscfootball.com. Whoever the starting quarterback is will organize what they call senior practices or players-only throwing sessions, and they, they get everyone together, at least the skill position players most of the time, and kind of throw the ball around. They'll do passing lines, and they'll do some one-on-ones, and They'll advance to seven on sevens and even do some running drills when the, the linemen come out. Uh, and, and it's just kind of a way for the players to kind of keep close with each other and, and get their timing down and keep sharp until the organized practice of fall camp starts. And like you said, you don't want people to get hurt. For the most part, it seems everything goes pretty smoothly. Uh, I don't know if the, the coaches got more time with the players in the offseason then. Did you guys organize these kind of passing workouts? And what do you think of them for the players? No, no, no. We had all those same things, same drills. Coaches couldn't be on the field. And uh, the, it's part of the leadership of your senior class to get out there and to work. And you can't forget the game. You've got to work on your hand-eye coordination. You've got to remember the play calls, the voice of your quarterback, your audibles, your little signals, the splits that you do, the breaks that you do, the different routes. You have all the route names. You know what you're doing. Uh, it's something that uh, you just do, and it, it's part of it. It's just part of the, what's expected. You're expected to be out there. You're expected, even though they're volunteer uh, practices, you're, it's just part of getting better. And the guys that come out there are the ones that are going to play. The guys that don't come out there are the ones that aren't going to play. Not because the coaches are saying they're not going to play. It's because they're just going to get behind and they're not going to be able to catch up. And I always used to say this. If I took a player and I told him to give me the best player at every position on the team, especially on offense, if he's an offensive player, except for your position, on who should start. That player would put down the same player I would because he'd want to win. And players know who who pays the price. Players know who are winners. Players know who are the one that's going to get the job done when it really counts. So, you know, if you're not out there working out, if you're not out there participating, if you are the ones they have to call up and you're too busy because you're at the beach or doing something else, then the players know, and they put pressure on you. The coach doesn't have to put pressure on you. They say, you better come out or you aren't going to get a den with this. So um, that's all part of winning. That's all part of tradition. Yeah, I think there's a really good culture at USC right now. You see that most everyone goes out when they can. They don't have class in there throwing the ball around and get everything going. So it'll be an interesting summer, and uh, be sure to check out usafootball.com. We'll be all over it, covering all the summer workouts and throwing sessions. And uh, thanks again for your time, Coach. Just want to also thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com. Call 1-800-888-7287 if you need tickets for any sporting event, even like the uh, Lakers finals will be coming up. And, uh, Coach, thank you very much for your time. 
Ryan, thank you very much, and I look forward to being with you next week. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Coach Carlisle and a couple of players about summer workouts. Stay tuned. Meet us on the other side of the break for more of the Peristyle Podcast. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. Hey, USC Trojan fans, to get into the huddle of your Southern Cal Trojans, log on to uscfootball.com today for all the latest in Trojan football, basketball, and recruiting news. Ryan Abraham will give you an in-depth analysis, recruiting updates, and will answer your questions every day on the message board. So for all the latest in team and recruiting news on your USC Trojans, check out uscfootball.com, the officially licensed Southern Cal site of the Rivals.com network. We now return to the Peristyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. Welcome back to the Peristyle Podcast. This is our 16th episode of the podcast. Thank you again for being with us. In our second segment, we're going to keep talking about the summer workouts uh, from USC. USC summer workouts started this week. Like we said, uh, they'll be practicing on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, Friday. That's four days a week. Uh, Today, Wednesday, they will have off. And uh, this segment, we're going to hear from Coach Carlisle uh, about some of his philosophies for summer workout and also... uh, starting quarterback Mark Sanchez. Uh, Before we do that, I just wanted to thank our sponsor for this segment, the Law Offices of Bart Ring. If you have any legal problems, Bart Ring is a loyal Trojan, and he's been helping uh, Trojan alumni and fans for the last 20 years with any kind of legal problems, legal issues. You can give him a call at 818-587-9299 or go to his website, bartringlaw.com. So we thank Bart for being a sponsor of the Peristyle Podcast. And uh, now let's get into... Our second segment. Uh, so Dan Wojcicki is our new USC beat writer for uscfootball.com. And I brought him down to campus on Monday and Tuesday to talk to some of the players. Uh, he's only been around with us about a month, so he's still getting to know some of the guys. And uh, they were real nice to him down there. He got to talk with uh, Coach Carlisle a little bit about the summer workouts and, and get some of his thoughts on that. So we're going to bring you parts of that interview uh, in this segment of in the podcast. Uh, first up... Um, Coach Carlisle constantly is tweaking his system. So they're they're down there. You know, he's very successful. He's an award-winning strength and conditioning coach. But he's doing what he can to to change things up and keep things interesting for the players and also give them the most benefit for the time that they have uh, each and every day when they're working out. So in this, uh, this first piece we're going to play from Coach Carlisle, he talks about some of the tweaks he has in his system and, and what he's done differently from this year as opposed to last year. I, I think you, you, you constantly are, are, are uh, tweaking the system to find better ways to do it. And so uh, the month of May is a great opportunity for me to get out and uh, see people that I, I trust and respect in the, in the profession and watch what they're doing and talk with them, it, it, you know, strength coaches, uh, trainers, uh, physical therapists and stuff on how to do stuff better. And, you know, I, what we're trying to do with our new stuff here is is add more competition in the summer, which is, you know, we're already competitive. We're, we're 
you know, that's already part of our, our regular day. But when we start timing uh, each run the, the athlete does, then, then we now have a record and they have something to compete against each other. Uh, the flexibility issue is always something that you're always, always trying to stay ahead of. And, and so we've added that. I, I always change one thing uh, in, in movement and one thing in, in strength. And so, you know, those are the, our changes that we've done for uh, this summer. So there's, there's small changes, but I think they're going to have uh, great repercussions throughout the rest of the summer. One of the other new things they're doing this year in the program is, is timing some of their runs on a weekly basis. So they're going to do 10-yard and 20-yard runs that the coaches will time each and every week, and then they can track their progress. And this uh, next question is what Dan was talking about and asking Coach Carlisle about that. I mean, when, 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 when you're looking at uh, kids working out and they're training for nine weeks here throughout the summer, um, how do you know when a kid is working at 100%? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a subjective uh, uh, tool to, to, you know, is he working as hard as he can? And if we put clocks on him, then all of a sudden now we have a, uh, a, a, a method of measuring who's working the hardest and, and can they work that, sustain that effort all the way through the summer and do they get better? Mm-hmm. And so when we start t- t- keeping track of how fast they're running and what their average is throughout the summer, then we can say, hey, this is the fastest kid, but here's a kid with the fastest average after seven weeks or eight weeks of doing this. And all of a sudden now we have guys measured on their their sustained work ethic. And, and, and when we do that, geez, and all of a sudden now the guys have something yeah. to compete for. Our final piece from Coach Carlisle, he talks about the teaching aspect of what he does out there. Yes, he's a strength and conditioning coach, but him and his staff, uh, really emphasize the teaching aspect. They're not trying to intimidate the players out there. They want them to get better each and every day, and they want to teach them how to do that. Did you notice how all my coaches were coaching? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that neat? Yeah. Yeah. How much yelling did you see? Yeah, it was not. Yeah. It wasn't, we, you know, other than finishing, but there was a lot of coaching done, a lot of teaching. And, and I think that's what you're going to find with this program is that, you know, we, we will get on their ass when they need it, but we, we're here as coaches or teachers first, and we're going to teach them how to do it. And if they don't, do as we ask, then you then you get the end. Yeah. But these guys are, are are so well coached from our football staff and from my staff, which by the way my staff is the best group in, in, in the country. They do such a great job in teaching how to do things right. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to the summer uh, workout, uh, summer ball with two a days, these guys are gonna, it's just going to flow right into it, the tempo and stuff. Like that. All right, interesting stuff from Coach Carlisle. We'll get more updates from him. As summer workouts progress, uh, Dan got to talk to him on Monday, the first day of summer workouts. Uh, he also got to talk to starting quarterback Mark Sanchez on Monday. He attended the very first workout, the 7 a.m. workout. There's three different times, 7, 10, and 1 p.m. Uh, Mark ended up going to the 7 a.m. workout, mostly because that's where the offensive linemen are, are going, and he would like to be with them. So all the quarterbacks end up getting up early, working out with the the offensive lineman for you know a little extra bonding. Uh, this is the entire interview that uh, Dan ran with Mark Sanchez. So enjoy. I guess how's it feel to be back out and just like doing stuff with the guys? And oh, it feels good. I mean, every time you get a chance to come back out, the guys on your team, it's, it's a good feeling to know that we're back in the swing of things. You know, you guys doing some yeah. new things too. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot more stretching, um, some ankle work to strengthen, you know, our, our legs and things like that. But it's been. Uh, it was a good turnout for this early morning workout. And as you can see, it's getting pretty hot. Nothing beats this kind of weather. So, is that? Is, do you prefer you prefer to get out early? Or? Yeah, I, I try to. I like to get out with the linemen. Um, they appreciate it when the quarterback comes out. 
early with them because they're supposed to be here at seven. So, um, but it was a good day. You know, we beat the heat and get out early mm-hmm. and get some good working at the same time. So it's good. When are you guys gonna actually like get, get a ball out and start throwing? We'll start probably just preliminary stuff this week, but we'll get a real schedule down probably in the next two weeks, and, and we'll have set days for throwing and offensive linemen will be doing pass sets against the D linemen, mm-hmm. and then um, as we progress, probably right before Fourth of July, we'll start doing some seven on and, and yeah. team stuff. So when we hit camp, we're already already full speed. Does it feel like? The start of like football stuff now. I mean, with even without a ball, or is it still just kind of like get, just getting back out? Um, I think so. I, mean, I always try and you know use these drills to my advantage, especially when we get into to a team setting and to remember you know the kind of footwork we use out here. And I think it helps for all the guys. You know, just wearing the bands around your ankles for the O lineman, and then they start passing and they feel faster than they ever have. So Coach Carlisle is doing a great job with these guys. But you know, it's always we always try and relate it to football, and and that's the way it works out. What's the worst part of this stuff out here? I don't know. It's, I mean, it's never your favorite to be running, but we know it's for the right reasons, and we conditioned so hard over the summer that during the season our, our practices are full, full speed and full pace, so we don't have to condition. It's worth it to get it out of the way now. So, yeah. All right. It's that bad. They always throw us a bone every once in a while and let us do something fun. So. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like by doing some new stuff that kind of keeps it a little fresh. And... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and all of it's for our benefit. You know, it's, yeah. it's uh, to stretch us out and keep us nice and limber so we'll be ready and look like you're doing some competing too with ray i'm oh, like yeah. the, the one drill is kicking his butt make sure you write that <laughs> i will but i mean but exactly that kind of keep it you know oh it keeps it light it keeps it fun and and this program's all about competition so you know we try and get in each other's grill a little bit but it's it was fun all right so that's the latest from usc summer workouts for the peristyle podcast uh you always check out uscfootball.com we'll have plenty more updates as summer workouts progress there's almost 200 photos right now from the first two days of summer workouts you can check out And uh, when the team starts throwing, we'll be covering that as well. So stay tuned for that. Thanks again to uh, our sponsor for this segment, the Law Offices of Bart Ring. Thanks to Bart. Great guy. He's been a Trojan for many, many years and has been helping Trojan fans and alumni for many years with any of their legal issues. Again, you can get a hold of him at 818-587-9299 or bartringlaw.com. Coming up in our final segment, we'll hear from Gerard Martinez, and he'll give you another recruiting blitz to keep you up to date on everything that's USC recruiting. Stay tuned. The Peristyle Podcast will be back after this short break. Trojan fans, have legal problems or questions only an attorney can answer? Contact the law offices of Bart Ring. Bart is a proud Trojan alum who has been taking care of the legal needs of the USC family, its alumni and fans, for over 20 years. Like the Trojans under Pete Carroll, Bart and his team achieve successful results for their clients by preparation and outworking the opposition. Call Bart at 818-587-9299 or go to bartringlaw.com to see if he can help you with your legal issues. Don't forget to mention the Peristyle Podcast for a free consultation. USC Trojan fans, to get into the huddle of your Southern Cal Trojans, log on to uscfootball.com today for all the latest in Trojan football, basketball, and recruiting news. Ryan Abraham will give you an in-depth analysis, recruiting updates, and will answer your questions every day on the message board. So for all the latest in team and recruiting news on your USC Trojans, check out uscfootball.com, the officially licensed Southern Cal site of the Rivals.com network. We now return to the Parastyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. 
Welcome back to the Peristyle Podcast. In our final segment of this week's podcast, we're going to talk about USC recruiting. We have Gerard Martinez, the USCfootball.com recruiting analyst, coming to you with the latest recruiting blitz. Last week, the Trojans welcomed their 11th commitment of the 2009 class. In an increasingly rare move, USC offered a scholarship to Mount San Antonio Junior College defensive tackle, Abron Fangupo. Committing to Pete Carroll and the USC coaching staff immediately, Fangupo was both excited and relieved to be a Trojan. I felt like I just moved a mountain. Oh, that's just how I feel like. You know, all the pressure, peer pressure my family said I can't make it. And also for my family in the future, my brothers and sisters and fans, too, good to actually do it. You know, set a goal and get there. I don't know. Speechless, man. Randall Carroll, who's committed to USC, and Brian Bauckham, who signed with the Trojans in February, also made headlines last week. Carroll, noted as California's fastest football player, became California's fastest athlete Saturday when he won the state 100 and 200 meter championships. Running a time of 10:42 in the 100 meters, Carroll is ranked among the top five junior sprinters in the nation. Interestingly, Carroll won the state 100-meter title without winning his qualifying heat. Uh, in the 100, I just I knew I had to come out and pretty much just win because the day before I kind of messed up. They put me and Charles in the same heat. I lost. I kind of messed up in the beginning part of my race, so I knew I had to come out and just focus. And my coach said that my speed would just come with it if I did everything right. And I just said him, and that's what happened. As Carroll's focus shifts towards football, where he's the nation's number three rated receiver, his priority is to hit the weight room. In football, I just, it's, free, um, it's really just you put more weight on and you're trying to gain more weight. So with the, uh, with the uh, quickness and explosion, you have power behind it to run through people. In track, you still you lift weights, but you're not lifting as heavy as you're going to play for the football season. You're not trying to get big, you're trying to stay light. Bauckham, an admitted novice in the 300-meter hurdles, won the event Saturday in a time of 37:26. At 5 foot 11, 175 pounds, Bauckham will line up at cornerback for USC this fall. In other recruiting news, the Trojans will add Tampa, Florida tight end Orson Charles and Scottsdale, Arizona defensive end Craig Rowe. List of summer camp attendees. Charles, currently rated as the nation's number one tight end ahead of Morrell Presley, says he looks forward to competing for a scholarship offer at the Trojans' Rising Stars camp in June. Rowe, who received a scholarship offer from USC in April, will attend the Rising Stars camp along with several other Arizona prospects, including four-star defensive tackle Corey Adams and five-star defensive end Devon Kennard. With your recruiting blitz, I'm Gerard Martinez for uscfootball.com. Listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can now download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player. Just search for Peristyle Podcast the next time you log into iTunes.